Hey, this is Mitchell McLam, lead pastor of Sapona Road Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're so excited you found our podcast. Our prayer is that you're blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about Sapona Road Church or would like to give to this ministry, please visit our website at saponaroadchurch.com. We hope you have a great day and enjoy today's message. So we're going to start this morning looking at Ezekiel chapter 47, verse 9. It's just one verse. And we're going to see the, uh, the New Living Translation version of that one. And in this scripture, Ezekiel is being given a vision from the Lord. And in this vision, he sees an earth where Jesus is king. He sees an earth where the Lord has returned and he's ruling over everything. And whenever he steps into the temple, the angel takes him in this vision to the temple. And when he's looking at the temple, there's a lot of stuff in there. If you guys want to go back and read all this account, it's, it's super intriguing. I, I love the book of Ezekiel. Um, the Lord gives him all sorts of prophetic visions. It's, it's an amazing book to read. But this one verse, um, I want to start us off with this morning. It's Ezekiel chapter 7, verse 47, verse 9. Um, and he says, he sees this river coming out of the temple. And everywhere this river goes, it's bringing life. Everything that it touches, it's bringing back. It's restoring, it's renewing, it's reviving. And he says, there will be swarms of living things wherever the water of the river flows. Fish will abound in the Dead Sea, for its waters will become fresh. Life will flourish wherever this water flows. And I want to read it to you from the New King James Version because I really like the way that the NKJV says it. And the angel is speaking to Ezekiel and he says, and it shall be that every living thing that moves wherever the rivers go will live. Let's pray. Father, what can we say this morning? Lord, you're here and we thank you for being with us. Lord, we're grateful to you and we express our gratitude and our love and our thanksgiving to you this morning for your goodness toward us for bringing us, Heavenly Father, to this moment, for keeping us, for watching over us, Father. We know that your plans are good. We know, Father, that you're unshakable. You and your kingdom are unmovable. And we thank you for your goodness and your love and your mercy. Now, Father, this morning, as we hear from your word what it is that you're saying, we pray, Heavenly Father, that it would go into our hearts, into our minds. It would transform us and change us, not leave us the same, Heavenly Father, but help us walk out of here changed and challenged, Heavenly Father. If we encounter your word and we're not changed, Heavenly Father, something's not right. So we pray, Heavenly Father, that this morning we would take it in and your word would change us forever, that we would live differently, that we would walk differently, that we would talk differently, that the very essence of who we are would be changed and made like you. And we thank you and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's go to uh, John chapter 4 this morning, and we're going to read a familiar story. Probably some of y'all in this room could recount this entire thing, um, this entire story. We've heard about it so much. Um, But John chapter 4, we're going to start with verse 1. 
Sorry, I've got to pull up my Bible. There we go. And I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation, so your translation may be just a little bit different. Okay. And it says, Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. Though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon, a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, If you only knew the gift of God the gift God has for you, and who you are speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water that I will give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. Now let's look at John chapter 7, verse 38. And just to give you a little context for the story, Jesus had gone up to Jerusalem for the, the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Booths or the Feast of Shelters, whatever you want to call it. They like to call it different things in different versions. But, and while he's at the feast, <clears throat> it says, On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink, for the scriptures declare Rivers of living water will flow from his heart. And Jesus here was talking about the Holy Spirit and what was going to happen after he ascended and what was going to be passed to the church. And I'm not here this morning really to, to preach a message on the Holy Spirit necessarily although he factors in. Um, what I'm here this morning to talk about is what we do with what it is that we've been given. So the title of my message this morning is Break the Dam. Break the Dam. Now Jesus mentioned several times to his disciples I thought it was amazing that he, he talked to this Samaritan woman. And even, I mean, she got the early release. I mean, Jesus is telling her something that he hasn't talked to his disciples about yet when he's talking to the Samaritan woman. I mean, you talk about racial division. Samaritans and Jews hated one another. They didn't like one another at all. I mean, it was, it was a really big deal. 
back then for a Jew to speak to a Samaritan in a cordial manner, in a respectful tone. That was unheard of. And she was amazed. But Jesus stops to tell the Samaritan woman who has no idea who he is. <laughs> I think that was great. Don't you think that was great? Jesus walks up. She has no clue who this guy is. You know, Jesus was like every celebrity rolled into one in his day. Like he was the most popular person in the Middle East in that day. I mean, just think about that for a second. Jesus walked around constantly healing people and doing crazy stuff like turning a hillside into a McDonald's. You know, you walk up with nothing, all of a sudden Jesus is popping out fish and loaves, you know, and passing it out to everybody. You know, what he did was astounding. What he did was amazing. But this woman had no clue who he was. But Jesus stops and takes the time to sit at this well with the woman who, quite frankly, was, didn't, she didn't have a very good reputation. <laughs> I mean, for today, her reputation would be bad. Back then, her reputation was disastrous to her life. Jesus was there at noontime. Nobody went to get water at the well at noontime. That was the hottest point of the day. The sun was directly overhead. It was cooking you. Nobody wanted to go to the well at noon. It was hot. It was uncomfortable. By the time you got back home, you had pit stains. You know, it was, it was not good. But Jesus stops to tell this woman about the gift of the Holy Spirit. He stops to unveil truth to her that he hadn't even spoken to anyone else. He hadn't delivered this idea of the Holy Spirit to his disciples yet. But we're going to talk about that this morning. We're going to talk about what do we do with what the Lord has given us. Now, Jesus tells us here, chapter 7, verse 38. This is actually one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible because in the King James Version, it says it a little bit differently. Jesus said, out of their bellies shall flow rivers of living water. Now, imagine reading this as a 12-year-old. I was 12 years old whenever I first read this scripture, and I'm an extremely visual, extremely visual, creative person. So, you know, my mind's going crazy with the idea of rivers of living water flowing out of my belly. Um, but as I got older, I really began to understand what Jesus was saying. But what Jesus was saying here was those who were coming after him, those who were going to follow him, were going to have this gift from the Lord, the Holy Spirit. They were going to have this bubbling spring of life. Now, if you go through Scripture, um, water plays prominently in the Scripture. In fact, you can't get past the first chapter of Genesis without reading about the Lord doing something with water. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God brooded over the surface of the water. Every time you see the Lord talking about life, there's always a reference to water in there. Always. You can look all throughout Scripture, and I, I did. I've spent a week, you guys, reading about water in the Bible. It's not something that I was unfamiliar with, but if you go to Revelation chapter 22, you can read about the river of life. You can read about it in Ezekiel chapter 47, which is a really great place. Um, Zechariah mentions it as well. But whenever the Lord talks about life, he always mentions it in the context of, of water, of a bubbling spring, of something. But then Jesus comes along. Now, they've had the Old Testament where the Lord has talked about the river of life, 
they have all these references to water, and Jesus comes along and says something really weird. I mean, it's strange whenever Jesus, you know, looks around and says, I'm the water, and guess what? You're gonna have water coming out of you too. I wonder what those people around him thought about, <laughs> about him saying that. It's like, Jesus, I know I had a big lunch, but, but Jesus was saying, look, I am the source of this water of life, and you, once you receive what it is that I'm giving to you, you are gonna have it bubbling out of you too. And we don't just hear Jesus talk about it. We hear Paul and the apostles mention too the gift of the Spirit and what it is that the Lord's put inside of us. But I think very often as Christian people, we don't stop and consider the precious resource that the Lord has given to us or why he's given it to us. I think very often, I can tell you from personal experience, I'm 45 years old, I was born in 1975, I've seen a lot of societal change and I've seen a lot of change within the church and I've seen some good things and some bad things and some weird things and some strange things. Um, but I think for a long time the church had this idea that the Holy Spirit was something that kind of fit in this one little category over here. Like when we were at church and we were having a good time, then the Holy Spirit would manifest. And he was useful then. And he had a place then. And this gift that the Lord put inside of us was for that moment. You know, it was for those moments when we got together and we were together in his presence. And then the Holy Spirit could manifest and, and he would move and work in our midst. And we would sometimes do crazy stuff, you know, as we were moved on by the Spirit. I got to tell you, I have seen some amazing stuff. I was in a, um, just to give you a little a backstory, when I was 16 years old, we had this amazing eight week revival with an evangelist. And that sparked off these prayer meetings in our youth group. And for like a solid eight weeks, we were having prayer meetings four or five nights a week till 11, 12 o'clock at night. And I was in there one night and I was at the back of the church and I was praying, spirit was moving, people are being saved. We had like 95 kids in our youth group. It was, it was awesome. And I see my two friends, TJ and Derek, one of them's in hard bottom shoes, the other one is in socks. And they hopped up on the back of these pews and ran them. They didn't walk them gently like they were afraid they were gonna fall. They ran like they were running a, a 40. I mean, by the time I looked up, they were almost to the front. It was amazing. I mean, it was, it was, it was crazy. And we've seen the Spirit move in that way and we've, we've seen Him move in, in so many ways here in our midst here in the church, but I think one of the things that the church, and I can only speak to the church because we're the only ones who have the gift of the Spirit, one of the things that we haven't gotten right is we have bottled the Holy Spirit up. We've damned him up in our lives, and we've told him, you can go here. You can, you can, you can hang out in these places right here where we can control you and you know where we don't look foolish, and we're just going to hold you right here. You know, you can operate in this part of our lives. You can't go any further. You got to stay right here because we, we don't want to look crazy. You know, we don't look like crazy people. You know, we don't want to go out and, you know, lay hands on somebody and see them recover. You know, we don't want to pray with people and Lord forbid somebody should hear us speaking in tongues out in public. But something that the Lord has been driving home to me for a lot longer than this week, um, but especially in this week, is he wants us 
He wants us to break the dam. He wants us to take the limits off of what it is that he wants to do in our lives. And this may not be the longest message you guys have ever heard. He wants us to take the limits off. He wants us to stop restricting what it is that he's able to do in us and through us. Because believe it or not, the Holy Spirit was given to us for us, but it was also given to us so that it would spill on other people. He hasn't given us the Holy Spirit to bottle up just for our good. He's given us the Holy Spirit to be this bubbling spring in us that spills and splashes on everyone around us. It's to be this river of life that flows out of us and that brings life to all those around us. This is not something that we should contain, that we should hold up. Sorry, y'all got all my notes right here on an iPad. It's rose gold, too, by the way. Nice and... It's Donna's. <laughs> but if my, um, if my message today was a Disney song, I think it would be Let It Go. <laughs> Seriously, let it go. Let it, I wish Adina Menzel was here right now. I would just love to hear that, that alto. Um, now, dams can be good. They can be good things because they can bring control. I mean, you know, if there was no Hoover Dam, they wouldn't have electricity. They would have houses washed away. You know, dams are good things. They bring us hydroelectric power. They bring us, you know, safety. They, they bring us control and all of that. But the problem comes whenever we start restricting the Lord and his wanting to move outside of us. And he wants to move outside of you. He doesn't want to restrict what he does to right here or in your car or in your shower, in your bathroom. I gotta tell you, I, li I like to sing in the shower. Sometimes it gets worshipful in my bathroom at home. But I think one of the things that the Lord is saying to us today is especially right now, y'all, we're gonna see some amazing stuff. I'm just gonna clue you in. We're gonna see some amazing stuff because what's happening right now is the enemy is ratcheting up what it is that he's doing in this world. He's doing his best. He's, a, he's bringing his assaults. He's bringing his persecution. We in the USA haven't seen it very much, but other countries have been seeing this stuff forever. This is the norm for them. But what happens is when the enemy starts ratcheting up his assault on the church, the Lord starts doing amazing things. And we're gonna see some amazing, amazing stuff, but we're not gonna get to see it if we're holding the, the Lord in check in us and restricting what it is that we allow him to do through us. <laughs> That's great. But the Lord is, is saying to us today, and while it's only 11.30, He's saying to us today, break the dam. Release what it is I'm trying to do. Don't, don't hold me back. Don't restrict me. We've got way more power, access to way more power than we ever utilize. We do. We have way more power than we ever actually see come into play because we're afraid of it or because we're afraid in reaching out to somebody when the Lord says reach out that we're going to look foolish or that somebody might see us and disapprove. 
let me go ahead and tell you if, you, if you name yourself as a Christian these days, you're already disapproved of. We're in, a, we're in a, an environment right now, in a climate right now, where just to name the name of Jesus automatically mark, you know, marks you as a bigot, a racist, a homophobe, a transphobe. I mean, just go ahead and just slap all the labels on. Because to say that you believe in Jesus these days, people automatically throw those labels on you. They're there. You can't get around it. We can't get around it. For a long time, we've gotten around it. You know, we've done our best to kind of argue our way out of it because we wanted to be liked and accepted by the people around us. We've worked real hard to be liked and accepted. We have. But the Lord is doing something. He's doing something new. And for the last two or three years, he's been moving and working in my heart and mind and and to begin with, I had no idea what he, was, what he was doing. He just kept moving in me, having me pray, Lord, expose, expose, expose. Lord, bring it to light. Lord, bring it out of the darkness so we can see it. And I've been praying it. And I'm sure millions of other people all over the world have been praying it um, as the Lord moves and works. But he's starting to do that. And if you're not watching the news, start watching the news. Just watch a reliable source. Don't, don't watch CNN. Um, <laughs> watch someplace that's going to give you an unbiased view of the news. But we're finding out stuff about our political leaders. We're finding out stuff about celebrities. We're finding out stuff about our culture in general that has been hidden and masked and shadowed for so long. And the Lord's exposing it, and he's bringing it to light. And he, he tells us in his word he's going to do that. He says, whatever has been done in secret, is going to be brought to light. Whatever has been whispered inside your house in a secret place is going to be shouted from the rooftops. He promises to expose it. But we're in a moment now where this world more than ever needs what you and I have. It needs those rivers of living water flowing out of us, that life that we shouldn't be containing. He, it, they need that. Everybody around us needs that. And the Lord's calling us, he's calling us today to stop restricting what it is that he wants to do through us. To stop holding him back. And I know this probably isn't a a super eloquent sermon. But to be honest with you, I almost walked up here this morning and just said two words and then walked off because that's what I was feeling in my spirit. And the two words are, stop it. I don't know how to say it better than that, but I feel the Holy Spirit saying, stop it. Stop. Stop restricting me. Stop holding me back. I'm not in you just for you. I'm in you for the people around you too. I feel him saying, stop it. Stop holding him back. He's saying it to me too, y'all. It's not me. It's not me looking at y'all. In fact, anytime I say anything on this microphone, you can guarantee it's coming back at me five times. Because I'm guilty of doing it too. But the Lord's doing something. His spirit's doing something. And he wants, he needs people that are willing to go out and do what he's called us to do without worrying about other people's acceptance 
societal acceptance, political correctness. He needs people that aren't going to worry about being called names or even being treated badly by those around you. That's who he's looking for. He needs people that aren't going to take what he's given to us and keep it like a stagnant, nasty pool inside of us that never moves and never gets used. In Jewish society, there were two, two kinds of water. There was what they called dead water, and that was water that just sat in one place, didn't move, didn't circulate, just sat there. And if it sat long enough, it'd get nasty, it'd get stagnant, get gross, bacteria. Growing in the water, all kinds of algae. You guys have seen stagnant pools. And then they have what they call living water, which is why what Jesus said was so, was so important. When Jesus said, I'm going to give you living water, he said, I'm going to give you moving water. I'm going to give you water that doesn't stay still. I'm going to give you water that's flowing, that's doing something, that's active. So whenever Jesus looks at me and you and he says, I'm going to put my living water in you, he says, you've got to be active. He says, you can't stand still. He says, you've got to move. You've got to be doing something. When I put my, my living water in you, it's got to go somewhere. You can't hold it up and damn it up inside of you and come to church every day and hear my word and damn it up and go home and read the word and pray and have a relationship with me and then damn it up. He says, no, you've got to let it go. You've got to release it because what I'm putting in you isn't just for you. What I'm putting in you is for you and for everyone around you. Because as his living water flows out of us, as the spirit flows out of us, we're going to see people's lives changed. We're going to see people delivered and set free and healed. And you're going to see people's marriages saved. And you're going to see um, children delivered and set free. The Lord's calling us today to stop holding him back. It's only 1143. This might be one of our short sermons today. But I'm not feeling it more eloquent than this. The Dead Sea in, in, uh, in Israel is a prime example of what I'm talking about here. It has no outlet. It has water flow into it. It has no outlet. It sits and it's salty. In fact, it has so much salt in it, the water is so dense that you can float on top of the water. My dad's been there, my grandma's been there, I've had some friends. We watch Karen Nate, anybody who watches Karen Nate on YouTube, they've been there. But it's amazing how whenever you walk out into there, you can lay back and float in it because it's just so thick. Ugh. It's just so thick with all this salt and all these contaminants. It's just stagnant water. It doesn't do anything. And that's what our lives look like when we have a relationship with the Lord and he's pouring into us constantly and then we don't take time to pour it back out. We become like the stagnant pool. 
that's no good to anybody, not even our own selves. I mean, think about that for a second. A fresh water supply is absolutely essential to life. And if we just sit around and we become stagnant, we're no good to even to ourselves. Think about that for a second. That's kind of gross. Ugh. I worked at Rotorooter for a while. Stagnant water is nasty. I did a lot of plumbing. Stagnant water gets, gets nasty. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just, uh, memories replayed in my head right now while I'm talking to you guys. Sometimes I don't even see y'all. I'm just seeing other stuff going on. Um, I think far too often what we do is we allow ourselves to move according to our feelings. And, uh, you know, feelings are real. Absolutely. I'm not going not gonna to sit here and deny that our feelings are real and that our apprehensions are real and that, you know, maybe even our, our fears kind of hanging out in there um, are real. But the Lord is calling us to do something outside of ourselves. There's a reason why the Lord says all throughout Scripture, He says, fear not. He says, don't fear, be courageous. In fact, in some places, he had to tell you know, several people several times, like the pastor just took us out of a, a Joshua study, Courage Over Fear, where the Lord had to, within one conversation, had to tell Joshua three times, don't be afraid, only be courageous. And the Lord's calling you and I to do the same thing today, every day, every moment in our lives. He's calling us to start looking outside of ourselves. And I'm not saying that we don't at all, but the Holy Spirit is wanting to do more than he's ever done through every single one of us. He's wanting us to unleash the power that he's put in us. And y'all, what he's put in us is the greatest power in the entire universe. This thing is popping a lot, I guess it's just me. But what he's put inside of us is the greatest power in the entire universe. We have the living God inside of us wanting not only to do things for us, but wanting to get outside of us and go do things for other people. He's wanting us to share him in every situation and circumstance. He's wanting us to bring him to bear whenever we run into people who obviously need Jesus. It might be uncomfortable. It might be a little scary. It might even be a little awkward. But he's calling us to share what we have with those around us. And I'm sorry if this seems, to be honest with you, I'm sitting back here and I'm like, what? Um, being up here is a very strange thing. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. This is a strange thing. I've spent a week just thinking about being up here and, and praying and, and preparing. This is a strange thing, being up here on the stage. But the Lord's calling us. And he's not calling us to something that's, that's terrible. He's not calling us to something that's going to uh, be awful. Because if we'll allow him, as he moves through us, as his Holy Spirit splashes out of us onto those around us, you know, he gives us, he gives us peace and, and joy. And he gives us all the things that we need. 
very often we're, we're so afraid, we're so timid with what the Lord's given to us that we allow it to, to sit and go unused. And the Lord's calling us to not be afraid. He's calling us to look at those around us and see how much they need him. You and I needed him. Those of us who, every single person on this planet at one point didn't know Jesus. None of us were born into this. Some of us got pretty close, but nobody was born into this. Every single one of us at some moment has needed Jesus, has needed someone to share, has needed someone to come along and say, can I help? What can I do? Can I pray with you? Can I cook you a lasagna? Can I help you change that tire? What's wrong? I'm willing to listen. Those are the kind of things that the Lord needs for us to be available for. And if it sounds strange to y'all this morning, it sounds even more strange to me as I'm talking. But the Lord wants us this thing was a hashtag, I think it would be hashtag free the flow. Because that's what the Lord is saying this morning. It's not a complicated message. This isn't some super eloquent message that the Lord's given to me this morning. It's super simple. I've spent, I've spent a week preparing to come up here and say, stop it. That's what I've done. Last night, y'all, I gotta tell you, I was in full-on panic mode. I've spent a week preparing for this message. And then... Tomorrow, it's like everything just went away. I mean, yesterday, I get those mixed up sometimes. Yesterday, it's like everything just, just vanished. I was freaking out. I was, I was like, Lord, where are you? What's, what's going on? And then about one o'clock this morning, he was like, Tommy, you're done. He's like, you don't need three points and three sub points under each of those three points. You don't need all of this stuff. You don't need a huge... You know, I, I'm the person, I like to do the research. I like to have the back history. I like to have the context. You know, I like whenever I get up here, I've got it. Point after point after point, and it flows, and it's, you know, fun to listen to. But the Lord said, you don't need any junk. All you need is stop it. That's all you need. Break the dam. Stop holding me up. That's what the Lord is saying. It's super simple. It's not complicated at all. And I think far too often we get caught up and wanting to hear the eloquent message and wanting to hear the Stephen Furtickized version, you know, of what the Lord's saying, which is great because I listen to Stephen Furtick too. He's, he's pretty awesome. But I think the Lord's message is simple this morning. And I'm sorry if it's not, um, if it's not polished enough. Believe me, it's not polished enough for me either. I, I, I like my stuff polished. I like it to sound good. I like it to be like a gel cap. It goes down easy, you know, no water. You know, you can just take it and it's just smooth and it's, you know, and it's fun and it's, it's great to listen to. But that's, that's not what the Lord's given to me. That's not what he's given to me. And he's telling me 10 times over, stop it. Break the dam. Stop holding me up. Stop resisting what it is that I've put in you to give to other people. That's his message this morning. Short, sweet, and simple. He said, I have put myself inside of you. Go and give me to others. That's all he's saying. Go and give me to others. People need me. You have me. Go give me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for your word. 
Lord, it's been direct, short, sweet, and simple. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for your goodness toward us. I thank you that you have entrusted us with your Holy Spirit. Now, Father, as we go out of here today, Lord, help us to examine our own lives. Lord, help us to walk more closely with you. Lord, help us to hear your voice, to be in tune with you as you speak to us and you call us into the lives of others. That's the point. Don't let us leave here the same. Don't let us leave here doing things the same way. Don't let us leave here being reserved and being timid. Lord, help us to go out of here courageous people who are carrying your presence and who deliver your presence to all those around us. Help us not to be silent. Help us not to be reserved. Father, this is not the time for reservation. This is the time to be bold and courageous and to carry you to this world around us. So help us to do that. the Lord's calling us this morning. He's given us life. And all he asks is that we pass it out. That's all he's asking. It's it's so simple. It's like I'm giving you the most precious resource in the entire universe. Entire universe. All I'm asking is that you pass it out. Share it with somebody. Share me with somebody. Lord, we've heard your word this morning. And Lord, we're answering your call. You've called. We've said, yes, Lord, I'm here. So now, Father, move in us. Fill us with your spirit in your life. And Lord, help us to carry you to those around us who are in such desperate, desperate need of what you have to give. 
Lord, this world around us is in desperate need. Help us to carry you to them. Fill us with your spirit. And don't just move in us. Move through us. This world needs you. And you've entrusted us to carry you into this world. You don't have a plan B. You don't have a plan C. It's just us. We're your only plan. So help us this morning and every moment after today to take your call to carry you into the world seriously. We thank you for entrusting your life to us. Father, we give our lives to you for you to move and to work through. We are not our own. We are bought with the price of your son. So this morning we rededicate ourselves, Heavenly Father, to living out the mission that you've given to us, to, to working with you, Heavenly Father, to see people around us saved and delivered and set free, encouraged and helped in their moments of need. Help us to truly be your people, rivers of living water, of life flowing out of us. Help us to bring your life into every situation, into every circumstance, into every life. Let the smile on our face, let the love that we express, let the good that we do, even in light of others evil toward us, be a witness to who you are and be your very presence in every situation. You've given us the precious cargo of you. Now help us to take that with us everywhere we go. And to the lives of every person around us. We worship you this morning. We thank you that you've trusted us with you. You've trusted us with your gospel. You've trusted us with your spirit. Help us to hear your call and to answer and to move with you 
as your spirit calls, Lord, help us to move with you, be in tune with you, be moving with you. We love you this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your goodness toward us. We thank you, Father, even in the moments when we fall down and we blow it. You surround us with your loving kindness. Now, Father, we pray that you would go with us. And you'd help us to be the people you've called us to be. We love you and we thank you. We pray, Father, for those here in the assembly and our local body of believers that are sick, for family members who are sick. We ask for your divine healing. Lord, we ask for your protection, your peace, your providence, Father, your provision for us and for our families. And more than anything, Father, we pray that you would help us be the people that you've called us to be, doing the things that you've called us to do. Your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. It is a pleasure to do the things that you've called us to do. Working for you in your kingdom is a pleasure. Go with us, Father. Be with us. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.